Welcome to the Confident Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Thompson. If you found yourself here, it means that you are ready to take the next step or maybe even the first step into your journey to confidence and self-love. My goal is to help empower you to love yourself, get unstuck, and take personal action for self-improvement. Our conversations are real, vulnerable, and authentic, and we are excited to have you on this journey with us. Let's get started. everybody. Welcome back for another episode of The Confident Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Thompson. And as always, I have such a pleasure to be sitting in this seat, talking to so many individuals about confidence and also sharing my story with all of you guys. Um, I think I shared this on the last uh, podcast, but uh, your guys' information back to me, your, your thoughts and your comments and your reviews have been so tremendous to know the types of comments that you want to hear, the type of topics and the skills that you're learning from people. Um, earlier this month, or I'm sorry, earlier in this year, we started out the um, podcast coming back after six months of taking a break. And our topic was really around how I overcame self-doubt, how um, I was struggling and took a break for many months uh, from this podcast so that I could re-evaluate my life, look at different aspects of my life, and really learn how to overcome new self-doubt that came into my life. So just as, you know, we're talking to individuals, I eat, breathe, and sleep, confidence and self-esteem on a daily basis with what I do. Um, Please know that, you know, my journey is never done. Anybody that's on the podcast giving you guys tips and tricks and sharing their stories are still on their journey. So just know that it's um, an up and flow. It's, it's, we got our ups and downs. We have our moments, but it's about having the skills and having the moments of self-reflection, self-awareness, and having all of those aspects into your life to really, really learn how to bounce back in those moments of self-doubt. And so today's topic is going to kind of go off of that a little bit of how leaders can turn self-doubt into their superpower. Immediately when I hear the word superpower, I picture myself in a cape because it's so funny that I even picture that because I (laughs) just got done with coaching a couple months ago with someone else. And one of the things where we were talking about our values, we were talking about like, what's that inner power and all I could picture myself was in this like super, super woman outfit on top of a building. And we talked a lot about that. We talked about how like that meant that I had to start like going up the levels to get to the top of where I was looking to go in that certain aspect of my life. So I hope that all of you guys, as you listen to this, think about what is that superpower outfit that you're going to be putting on to overcome that self-doubt. So before we bring on our fabulous guests, we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today's podcast is Athletic Greens, and I cannot tell you enough how much I love this product. It has become a staple in my home, and my family uses it every morning. So Athletic Greens has really helped me with my IBS and my IBC, and it's really become a game changer in my gut health. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It is a small micro habit with big benefits. And as you know, I'm really big on making sure that I have habits in my life that really are effective. And it's also recommended by professional athletes. So join me and let's love our bodies a little bit more. And to do that, I am partnering with Athletic Greens because they are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash the confident. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash the confident to pick up, to take care of your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate nutritional insurance. 
All right, we are back. And um, I just have to comment. I think I do this a lot when we have our sponsor. This is one of my favorite sponsors, Athletic Greens. Thank you so much to anybody that, you know, thank you to them for sponsoring us and for anybody that's been trying out their product. I've loved hearing some of the comments of how it's also helped you as well. So if you haven't checked out Athletic Greens, I highly, highly recommend it. So back to our topic for today of how le- how leaders can turn self-doubt into their superpower. So I hope that if you're driving, maybe you're sitting, maybe you're even getting ready for your day, you're pitching yourself in that superpower outfit because you're going to need it for this podcast. And so I am, have the pleasure of um, talking to our guest for today. And so Kim probably doesn't know this is that, or maybe she does remember, I don't know, but Kim was actually, I was in a pitch competition years ago. Um, for my other company, Blue Wave Wellbeing, and uh, Kim was actually a coach for another set of people. <laughs> and it wasn't, she wasn't our coach, but she really uh, resonated with us. We really enjoyed her energy. And so I thought she'd be a fabulous guest to be talking about confidence, self-doubt, and all the things. So Kim, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Well, first of all, Lisa, thank you for inviting me, number one. And I do remember <laughs> that pitch competition. Absolutely. So introducing myself, well, I'm Kim Boudreaux-Smith. I'm the CEO and founder of Her Bold Voice. And I just want to say this before I go any further, for all the men listening to, there's space for men as well. So what I do is I help and support female leaders enter rooms on their terms so that then when they speak up, they are creating such badass impact and removing the imposter syndrome, the inner critic, and all that self-doubt, hence the topic that we're talking about today, so that they're achieving and receiving what they want on their terms. Mm, that is so powerful. You, When you said the word imposter syndrome, self-doubt, mm-hmm. all of those things, my mind was going up. Yep, that happened to me last week. Yes, it happened here. We all have those moments. So it's so powerful that you're working on that. Um, and how long have you been doing this for then, Kim? You know, I love I love when people ask me that, and then I scratch my head and go, "Well, gosh, just for a couple of years when we hit when we hit quarantine, and then I rebranded." But then that's not true. I have been working on this since I was seven years old. The first time I walked into my local dance studio for my first dance lesson, that ended up being my whole life all the way through high school. By the way. So That's I've been working amazing. on this for a long time. Yeah, thanks. thanks. And look at you now. That is so cool. So tell us, like, when, you know, we're talking about self-doubt today and mm-hmm. how to, how to you know, how to turn that into a superpower. So can you tell us, like, take us back to the days when maybe you were struggling with self-doubt and how did you kind of get into that format of having a superpower from it? Uh, well, <laughs> those days of struggling with self-doubt are no longer days. I still have my moments of self-doubt because I own an inner critic. I own the inner critic. The critic, inner critic doesn't own me anymore. And the inner critic used to own me. But I still have those moments of self-doubt. You know, especially, it's been interesting because this past year, I've so used and very comfortable working with women. I've had men step into the business. And, you know, that first time coaching with men, it's like uh, a little bit of that self-doubt. Ask myself, can I do this with men? Well, okay, well, men are human beings too and also struggle with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and all of that as well. It just shows up different, a little bit differently. Hence, of course, they're men. Hence, we're women. So there are, as always, um, I don't have days on end of self-doubt. I have moments now and I have very strong tools in place to help me get through the self-doubt. 
Mm, and so when, when didn't you have those tools? Why did you decide that you needed to get tools to really overcome this? And you couldn't just be like, well, I'll just figure it out on my own. Well, oh, that's interesting. When people, I hear people say, oh, well, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. Oh my God, <laughs> your inner critic has got you slam dunk in a corner lockdown. I, oh my gosh, when did I, oh gosh, I think it was back when I was 48, and I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was. Mm-hmm. When I was 48, I fell asleep at a major intersection. And I know, at least I know you're um, like two hours north of me, hour and a half north of me major intersection down in the Detroit area where I live. uh, And I fell asleep at a major intersection in a red light during the day on an August sunny afternoon. And I was not tired and it freaked me out. But not only did I fall asleep behind the wheel as I was stopped at a red light, I picked my head up and I did it again. And so I think that was the, I feel that was a turning point for me when, you know, enough of the lack of passion, enough of the inner critic choking me down, enough of the self-doubt, enough of the lack of confidence and the low self-esteem and all of that, that I literally took myself asleep at a wheel. Thank goodness I didn't hurt myself or anyone else, God forbid. And I, that was a major pivotal turning point for me. Now, I dabbled within it prior to that, but it was like, okay, but I, I, I did a full day spa retreat. I'm good now, you know, and that's where we get in trouble where it's, I'm good now. Mm, I'm good now. And so obviously that was a turning point, but there was a lot of little things that probably added up to get you mm. there, you know? Yeah. And so what? What was your career before that, if you don't mind me asking, or kind of where, like, what were those aspects that you were struggling with self-doubt? Well, so several years ago, I was in corporate, several years ago, I was in corporate America, and I was very successful, all based upon lies. I guess you would say lies, imposter syndrome, but back when I was in corporate, I didn't know what imposter syndrome was, and I didn't know what female mentorship was either, because it was one woman, all men you know, manufacturing industry, it, it just, and, and the women that would walk in, they were after my job and they were going to, if they, if they ran me over in the parking lot, they were going to do it to get it. So there was all of that. I was showing up at those rooms saying what I thought I was supposed to say for fear that they, I would look dumb, uneducated, or not saying anything and then walking out of those meetings and running to the bathroom and sitting down on the floor and crying and, you know, because I was losing my voice in myself. So there was that. And then my first business is a fitness business. And it was, I was always grinding, chasing, grinding, which means I was out of my body. I was out of my alignment as opposed to stepping back and letting things come in organically. And so there was a lot of that, that grind is what led me to that day of falling asleep behind the wheel, by the way, several years later. And don't get me wrong. I had a very successful corporate career, very successful corporate career, very successful first entrepreneurial um, leg of my business, the fitness business. But it was always showing up like, it wasn't even fake it until you fill in the blank. And I know that's a lot of things that people say, fake it until you, which that is, that by the way, could be a whole other podcast <laughs> yes, there around that. But it was doing things that I thought 
society would accept me on, trying to look like the perfect successful person, down to controlling my body. So that was perfect because as a fitness trainer, I had to have the perfect body. You know, so there was all of that. And finally, when I turned 48, I was 48 and a half and fell asleep at that red light. I said, I'm done. Because if I don't do something, I'm I'm done. I, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here today because I think I would something would happen. So it those it was steps. It was steps. It was steps that got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm just picturing, you know, when maybe when we're building a house or when we're putting things together, it's like we put that little like band-aid on something. We'll be like, it's okay, we'll just spend thirty dollars, you know, and like cover it up a little bit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do all the work because it will it, it's fine for now. You know, and that's literally what I'm picturing is that so many times what we do is we allow us to just cover it up a little bit. We, you know, back to like the retreat, retreat. I was, you know, I loved retreats, but it's the work that has to come after it. Yes. You know, it's, it's not just, okay, that worked. I'm, I'm perfect now. Like everything's great. You know, it's, it's the little things. And so it's, yes, no, go ahead. Oh, it's like taking the spaghetti. I don't know why I'm thinking food. It's taking the <laughs> spaghetti and throwing it on the wall and go, oh, well, it sticks. Okay, we're done. Well, no, it, it does. the spaghetti doesn't always stick. It's life. It's a lifelong learning. It's like what yoga, you know, you're, it's a practice. It's not perfection. It's a practice. And I, trust me, I screw up. I screw up. But I don't like to screw up so much that my I'm going down that dark, deep, dark rabbit hole, which is where I lived a lot, which that anxiety is high, that depression is high. Um, the lonely feelings are out of control. And that inner critic is really, it's holding me down is what it was. And I said, enough. When, at that day when I fell asleep, that was enough, enough. And then what'd you do? So you said enough. And then how did you start to overcome that self-doubt? Well, like a good old Cinderella who clicked her ruby red slippers. <laughs> I got out. I pulled up on my driveway and looked at my cute little red Volkswagen Jetta at the time. And I blamed the car. And I just went, this is so silly because of the <laughs> car. And I got inside and I stood in my home and I thought, I have to do something to change. But I knew I couldn't do this on my own. So I started making phone calls and reaching out. And then just one thing led to another. Wow. And so when you started to make phone calls, what do you mean? So a couple of years prior to that, I was in, uh, I got involved with a local woman and this organization called Changing Woman. And it was two weekend retreats. And that was, actually that was back in 2009. So I went to the one weekend retreat with a, with a real dragon energy attitude going on here you know as they're asking you to do all this prep work and stuff I'm like yeah yeah and it was an amazing weekend and here's a good example I walked out of that weekend Lisa still not ready to um, continue on with the work and just went right back so that woman that led that her name is Ella Miller she was one of the first phone calls I made that day when I fell asleep. I reached out to her and said, you know, gosh, do you remember me? What is going on? And she had said yes. But the whole, the whole model of the retreat has changed. It was a nine month long healing journey, gestational. And I loved it so much. I became one of the co-facilitators, which I'm no longer, in fact, she's retired. I'm no longer involved with that. But that was one of the things, and that is beautiful, intense work for women to be able to embrace and step into. There was that. And I'm always looking for ways 
to turn in. So I have like a power hour in the morning, a cup of coffee, protein bar, dunk. Okay, <laughs> after after I've taken care of the dogs, I sit and I do that. There will be times I might pull out my um, paper mate markers and I might bullet point journal. I have two small books that I read, at like a scripture, daily scripture, and then a daily mindfulness. I might pull up a podcast and listen to a podcast, or I might just sit and do nothing and have some compassionate self-love dialogue with myself. So I'm jump starting the day on my terms. That's awesome. You know, you said something earlier, which is set so like, it sounds like you've really like worked on this because you said I was grinding and I wasn't allowing things to happen. And I will be completely transparent. What I've realized about myself when it comes to my self-doubt is when I have more self-doubt about myself, I grind harder. Yep. And uh, I think that I can control it. And I think if, okay, if I can control this situation, my self-doubt will go out the window and I'll just grind. And so that's actually caused me to have a lot of issues. And so when you were grinding, you know, you said you were grinding, but then you realize if you just sit back and allow things like they'll come. So I'm going to put myself in that position of someone where, who I used to be. And if someone would have said that to me when I was grinding, I would have literally said to them, like, that can't happen. How, like, why would it just come? You aren't selling, you aren't doing X, Y, Z. So like, how did you flip that to go from that mindset of grinding actually? Like, did, how did you realize that that was a self-doubt aspect maybe? And then flip that for yourself. You, it wasn't until I started getting the taste of when I started letting, beginning to let things go mm-hmm. and realizing that just because Lisa is doing it this way doesn't mean Kim is going to do it this way and doesn't mean that it's going to work for Kim. I mean, like, I know so many people that spend a whole hour power in the morning sitting and literally meditating. Okay, stick a fork in my eye. That's not going to work for me. But give me 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes I need a little bit longer and sometimes I don't need it at all. It's discovering what's going to work for you. Example, Two years ago, I lost my father and I was rebranding my whole business because we were in quarantine, easing out of quarantine. And my whole business was in person when we went into quarantine. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we don't need to do this. You know, here's the, here, here's that dragon. I don't need to do this, you know, but then the business went down, 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 down. And I thought, oh, I need to step in and do something. Well, I missed so much of my stuff being in person. We thought, well, Let's pull together a six-week program and launch it. Okay, gag me. But I showed up. It brought out every ugly, nasty thing in me. I I was down rabbit holes through all of this. I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I experienced it. I know for sure this is not my business model. and But yet it's very successful for many other people. And here's what happened. On January 21st, two years ago, when I met my father in the emergency room, because I had ambulance take him in, I met him in there. It was a Tuesday. My six-week program was supposed to launch two days later on that Thursday, January 22nd. I walked into my office after they admitted my father and all that, and I took everything and I erased it off my dry erase board. I want you to know I lost 150 pounds. And I don't wait. I metaphorically lost 150 pounds. That was a Tuesday. Wednesday night. Ding, 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 people signing up for it. And then I'm going, oh my God, I just canceled everything. 
so I had to backtrack, but it was the moment that I could breathe and let go. There's work involved. There's I'm not sitting on the couch eating organic gluten-free Doritos. There's work involved, but when we're gripping things and focusing, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, got to do, uh, uh, uh. That's where I, for me personally, come out of an alignment. And that's where self-doubt kicks in. That's where the inner critic is like, ha, 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 I got you now, Kim. Let's go. And she gets stronger, 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 stronger. Mm. Resonate to all of what you're saying, Kim. And it's so intriguing to me because it's like, we know these things sometimes, and then we go down that rabbit hole a little bit more. But I think what you said earlier when I asked you, what like like self-doubt days, and you said moments. And I find that super intriguing because you're right. Like as you progress, your self-doubt doesn't become days anymore. It becomes moments. And so back to the topic of like, you know, how leaders can turn self-doubt into a superpower. What Like how can they? Like what what's your thoughts on that? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is let go of the perfectionism coming from a recovering perfectionist, um, let go of the comparison. And don't get me wrong, I still have a little bit of that tweaking of that comparison, you know, coming in just it's it's bits and pieces and I can catch myself. You know, it's that and it's also really embracing of what your true core values are in your life and what you truly want and what success looks like to you. And by the way, as everyone's listening to this podcast, I don't want to hear that success is uh, having six figures coming into my business and six figures in my bank account. Okay, that can all be part of it. But I'm going to tell you something that can be gone like that. And by the way, that happened to me when I was in corporate America gone like that, blindsided, gone. Then what? Then what? There's other things to life to success. And it's gaining that success on your terms. Mm, Success on your terms. As you were talking, like, it's so interesting, because we think success means money, you know, we think like that turning point. And so, you know, when you think about that inner critic, that's like things. So what are some tools that people can use to really overcome those moments of self-doubt a little bit? I'm going to give some really, really simplistic tools because I'm all about simplicity. Me too. Because I love simplicity, it. Simplicity, I mean, when you do simplicity, it, it's huge. It's huge. First of all is back that day when I fell asleep at the red light, The ne- here's what took me asleep was here's what I would do first thing in the morning. I was not even out of bed, Lisa. And I'm a morning, I'm like, I'm at 4.35. I'm a morning person. Hmm, what's my schedule like? And when do I get to come back to bed? And you know what? I was going back to bed at one o'clock in the afternoon, shoes, socks, fully clothed, undercovers in the middle of a Michigan summer. It was crazy. So the next morning after all that went down, the first thing I did when I opened up my eyes, I went, ah, look at that drywall over my head. I'm so grateful. Is gratitude, gratitude. And here's another thing. I have a lot of clients do this. And this is, this is a little uncomfortable for people, but especially for women, you know, we're in mirrors, you know, putting on makeup and blow drying our hair and stuff like that. Pause and do some mirror work and lean in, have a dialogue with yourself. Allow that inner critic go, oh, you know, don't forget to tweeze those eyebrows, but bring yourself back and look into that mirror and talk to yourself about how magnificent you are. 
Start with two minutes. I don't like putting timers on things because some people think I got to be here for 30 minutes. No, you don't. Start with two minutes and just have a dialogue with yourself, the acceptance dialogue. But I'm big on the gratitude and try to implement gratitude all throughout your day. Hey, look at this. You can see the sun, the sun coming in. I am so, I actually, it feels really good. I'm so grateful for that warmth, you know, for that sun. And then being able to look in the mirror and even if it's a full length mirror and you're getting ready to go conquer your first sales call or a presentation, stop and look in the mirror and go, I got my metaphoric cape on. I got this man and I am rock solid. Go. We don't do that enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and as you're talking, I was also thinking about back to what we were saying about when does your self-doubt creep up? I think a lot of people don't even take the time to notice, well, when does it creep up? Is it in a, is it in a certain boardroom? Is it in a certain setting? Is it when you're at home? Like, who are you with? What are you doing? Um, Was it a day when you lack sleep? And I think one thing that I've realized is when I have the self-doubt, it also has to do with my environment or what I've been dealing with for the whole Mm -hmm. week. Because when we were talking before we started recording this of like even getting exhausted by a certain amount of things on our plate. And so I've noticed when I'm cranky, when I'm tired, when um, all of these things, that's when I go for validation from the outside world. That's when I have more tears and I get into my head. But when I slow down, like I, I, whoo, Kim, I struggled with that. I think when I started to slow down and realize like, okay, to get from A to Z, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Like there's that pattern and that's that growth and having that gratitude, having those moments of pausing and having those little small things. I think the biggest thing, you know, is how a leader can turn self-doubt into their superpower is by slowing down a little Mm -hmm. bit too and focusing on what is your mission? What does success mean to you? Um, I think we live in a world where we do that comparison where it's like, oh, well, Kim's very successful at X. I want to be like her. I have to follow her path to get there. But you made a great point when you said, like, I had to find what worked for me. Yeah, sure. We like watch each other and we learn from each other. But then it's like kind of going internal of being like, does that feel right? Because when your stomach's in in kind of knots before you're launching mm. something or you're going into a meeting or something like that, that's when I've noticed like, okay, check myself. Why am I uncomfortable? Is it a good uncomfortable? Uh, or is it not for me? Yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I love getting into the curiosity and asking ourselves questions. Like, especially if you're in the middle of something working, it's like, uh, I love that power of that pause, pop, power pause. Take a couple deep breaths and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. Well, I need to shut everything off and go take a break for 10, 15 minutes and maybe prep something for dinner or just go outside and get some fresh air. That will help all of that inner critic stuff to settle down a little bit. It never completely goes away. And please, everyone that's listening, don't try and kick your inner critic to the um, curb because they come back 10 times um, bigger on steroids. But, you know, this this lack of self-doubt, you... As long as we have awareness, Lisa, you said it, as long as we have the awareness of it, it's not being aware and then sweeping underneath the carpet or not being aware or being aware, sweeping underneath the carpet or being aware and not doing anything about it because it grows, it festers and it festers and it festers. But that power of that pause of slowing down and just taking a couple deep breaths and then maybe it's a quick gratitude or maybe it's a quick question, what do I need right now? What's going on that I need right now? 
Yeah. And so Kim, you know, to kind of wrap this up, you know, is there anything else that you would say to our audience before you leave them today? You know, yes, just, just, it's my, this is my favorite um, quote by Oscar Wilde, you know, be you because everyone else is taken. And I don't want to sound like, you know, be you, Nike, just do it. But seriously, get on that beautiful journey and discover who you are. Yes. And I love that. And just, you know, kind of going to caveat that to end it is, you know, you said something earlier, even after the retreat, it was like nine months of healing. It was a process. And I, to anybody out there that might just be starting your self-love confidence journey, like even trying to overcome imposter syndrome, those pieces, like take, I say this so much, start investing in yourself, take that first Mm -hmm. step. If you're on that path, like I'm on my path, I've been doing it for years. I'm still learning. Heck, before we were talking or before we even started this podcast, Kim and I were talking about like uh, me getting a coach and and like figuring out some new things for myself, because I think that that's the biggest thing is to take the first step, but never stopping, never feeling like you have it all together. Cause that's okay that you don't, you know, I was with someone the other day, he's in his sixties and he said, you'd think I'd have my shit together by now. And I looked at him and I laughed (laughs) and I said, no one does. We're all figuring this out together. You, you know, back to what, well, what does success mean to you? Like, why do you think you don't, you know, and, and being curious about that. So to everybody tuning in, I know that you probably took away some very key things. And the biggest thing I think I've took away is kind of what, how Kim said at the end is, you know, be you. Um, because that's why people love you for who you are, what you bring to this world. And we need you in order to make change. And then also, you know, when that self-doubt kind of creeps up, adding those tools into your life so that they're moments, not days, not weeks, not months. So um, Kim, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. And to everybody tuning in, um, as I always say, continue to spread love and kindness to everybody that you meet and have a great day. Thanks for listening today. If you want to continue your journey to confidence and self-love, let's connect for one-on-one coaching. In the description of this podcast is information on how to work with me, and I would love to help you continue to invest in yourself.